0: Is that what you say? That is really offensive to say, but hey, if you want to (laughs) say that, that's fucking fine by me. Mario, sorry, sorry. what are you doing? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Before you do the introduction, I just want to say that I'm watching OKC New Orleans play. And Dario Saric just was inbounding the ball from a made bucket and threw it directly out of bounds. Um
1: just yeah. terrible. There is something these play-in games I think have the spirit a little bit of, of like the um the college tournament. But they uh <laughs> That's they offensive. also have some they also have some of the play of the college tournament, I would say. Um even up to Toronto, um, just totally bricking two of three free throws at the end of the game.
0: How does that make uh, you feel, and, buddy?
1: Come on. Uh, how does it – oh, the Bulls? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess – I'm glad they won because they're here at, at this point <laughs> in the season. But I I guess I would prefer if this is not what we were doing right now. Um really? I know that – A lot of unfortunate things happened that added up to the Bulls being in the play-in. I guess I always expected the Bulls to be in the play-in, but I had this hope that maybe Lonzo would come back and we could weasel out a six seed or something. But this is pretty much where we're going to be. We're going to go play Jimmy in Miami. That's going to be an interesting game at least, right? I mean, that's that's something.
0: That's going to be hella fun for a Chicago Bulls fan because there's got to be some Chicago fans that still... Hold him with tremendous fondness, and then there's going to be others that are probably better because Jimmy tends to burn things behind him when he goes.
1: Um, he, he's a bit of a salty feller, um, and you know, I, I think it'll be a fun game. I, I think those teams are pretty com- going to be pretty competitive. They're they're both very competitive teams. It should be good. It should be a good game of like from a defensive. Uh, standpoint both teams have a good system they're pretty well coached obviously Miami's better coached than the Bulls but they're both pretty good coaches so it should be a fine game whoever ends up winning this I think is just going to be sacrificed to Milwaukee but um, that was always the outcome pretty much I think is is getting sent to the getting sent to the slaughter with Milwaukee because they're on fire right now yeah
0: they're they're a scary unit that's for sure they I know there's Other teams that everybody's looking at, but they're my favourites because for this year, rather than last year, it just seems like the build is real for them and they've been building all season, starting off super slow and it's just been grinding their way through before Christmas and then just going up through the gears leading into this So this team is going to go play
1: Minnesota. Whoever wins this game goes and plays Minnesota, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, I honestly like I like OKC's chances with Minnesota.
0: Well, especially <laughs> when Minnesota OKC are brawling against each other. For anybody that didn't see it, uh, it was a classic teammate-on-teammate teammate brawl with um, poor Kyle Anderson, Anderson copying the worst of it. I don't like Rudy Gobert. Got to be honest, I think he's completely fucking overrated. Um, I agree. He would have been great in the NBA uh, 20 years ago. He's like a poor man's Luke Longley. Iae oh, yeah, doesn't have the ability to pass. I, uh, I I
1: like I like the I like this vision of uh, Carl Anthony Towns' con- uh, career, where he only plays in playoff play-in games. That's his whole <laughs> out output in the playoffs is playing two play-in games a year.
0: You know that's going to be his role while he's a star. But once he um, goes and becomes sort of that Vince Carter guy that plays on thirty eight different teams, you know he's gonna make it deep in a few playoff runs. Someone will
1: pick him up as like yeah. a as like a third number three, right? Or a number two type guy.
0: No, no, I think he's gonna stay with Minnesota until his big contract days are over. But I can see him stay in the league for a long time after his Riding way down the bench. I think he's one of those guys that likes his paycheck. I'm not going to say he loves it for the love of the game, but I can see him with his game, because he doesn't play defense, being sort of that fourth or fifth guy off the bench and not playing some night's coach's decision kind of a guy at yeah. the end of his career. And that's where I think it's, he'll make play He's only 27.
1: I mean, he's he's got so much time. You know, It feels like he's got so much time. That yeah, he but who be...
0: do you put him with? Let's be honest. Like they've tried to put him with a defensive presence this year, that hasn't worked. They've tried to put him with yeah. D'Angelo Russell, that didn't fucking work. Um, nobody has worked with him, and at some point, you've got to say, "It's on you, buddy." So that's yeah.
1: that's my. You D'Angelo. want him to be like Anthony. You want him to be like Anthony Davis, but he's just not.
0: Yeah, he's more like Anthony Tolliver rather than Anthony Davis. <laughs> all
1: right, this sounds kind of rough, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. All right, Tony. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, the Bulls are still playing. So how long's this now? It's been at least five something months. So we've had to sort of keep watching them. But uh, I watched that game. They went down. What the Bulls are probably down 18 at one point, I think. Um, and uh, Zach, Zach with a with a 39 39 spot to uh, 28 of them in the second half. Kept the bulls in it, and they end up pulling it out. So nice job by the bulls, Tony. I wanted to talk about your art show today. I know you had talked last week about your art show, but unfortunately, by being the second podcast you recorded the week, the uh, the outcome has already been spoiled. Yes. I'm just going to leave a slight pause here for the for the for the listener to repeat back the outcome of Tony's art show.
0: Well, well, I can speak a little bit more in detail on this show. I've got okay, time. Right, you, you don't okay, tend to cut me off. all right. <laughs> so, um, no, it was successful. I sold a few items, so that, that was good. It was a, a really nice exhibition to be a part of because, like, everybody has this idea of what an artist is, but an artist at our level is just a person who likes to have an outlet creatively. So it was great being a part of a group of eight separate people that ha- all did different things. If they were painting, they were painting in very different styles with different mediums. And Mm -hmm. nobody had an ego. Like the day we were setting up, everybody just basically went wherever there was space. Nobody wanted prize billing. It was it was it sort of restores your um hope within a community like art, because you only tend to see the the bad outcomes and the people bitching on Facebook or the you know, the unhappy people, yes. they, they tend to make their, their presence known in those communities. But for the most part, it's just people yeah. doing creative things and it was great to have a get-together and
1: everybody solved beat something. Up, beat so. up at savers. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so, Tony, was there – so you said there's eight other artists there with you?
0: Yeah, yep. That's um, – oh, sorry, there were seven other artists. There were eight of us um, okay. all together. Some did paintings, some did pottery, um, <laughs> some did jewellery. Um as I said, there were I think there were th- three or four – well, including myself, there was five people painting, but that was in three separate mediums. No, it might have sure. been four. So there might have been an oil painter amongst them, so acrylic, watercolour,
1: um, oils. Now you said you sold some art. You I, sold some of your scarves. Yeah, you
0: know? I, I sold three scarves. Um, I sold – a yeah, um, couple of hundred dollars worth of material in US dollars, so about 300, 350 Australian is what I did. See, Not bad. This animal All right. doesn't get those, those figures, so yeah.
1: These are the details we need. And then um, uh, I've been to art shows like this before. Um, I always, I feel the same way you do. I appreciate that people are willing to go out there and put themselves out creatively, but I am also me, and I'm also, and I, I know you. Um, sometimes there is some art that maybe makes you do the dog head tilt a little bit. Like, is this anything now? I don't know how these artists were selected, but did you find everything to be pretty good, artistically interesting, useful, or was there anything that made you say, well, this isn't for me or I don't know about that, but <laughs> That's something that you could do, I guess.
0: It, of course, it is, but probably the head tilt is going to come at my stuff because I do more abstraction work. I don't do realistic really? stuff. Yeah, my like my paintings are purely and and there's no non-representative in any way. So that's you would be doing the head tilt at my work. Good shot, Giddy.
1: Um, oh, see, I like that stuff. It's the, I, the stuff that I look at. Funny is the shit that's like a really tacky, yeah, fucking dog shit. Like, um. You know the the one the the art that people spend a lot of money on, like the that's uh, that's really shitty, like the dolphins. Who is the our Thomas Kincaid? The oh drunk, yeah, the Kincaid guy. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Any of that stuff is really the, and people do that stuff independently too. Yes. Yeah. So there, you go to these art shows, and you will see some guy with like one of those backlit. Um, goofy like like paintings like that and you're like oh this is so stupid you know and then you're like the little guys there I'm like hey it's nice that you paint and stuff I wish I was creative and you just walk away you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta go there
0: was stuff that didn't connect with me um like there were there were sea scenes with seashells painted in them and that that really does nothing for me mm-hmm. but then there was other stuff that was like semi-abstracted waterfalls that really connected with me Um, so I think that's, that's, but that's no different to even a curated gallery. If I walk through, um, the gallery of Victoria, uh, even whether it be on the international side or the Australian side, they're two separate buildings in Melbourne. Um, there's always about 30% of it that I connect with another 20% that I really enjoy, but it's not my favorite stuff. And then that other 50%, well, you can throw it in the bin as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, but it probably wasn't aimed at me. Um, And so that's fine. Do
1: you think there was anything that was done by, anything that appeared to be done by a serial killer? Any
0: Anything
1: with, like, heads chopped off or, uh, you know, dead hamsters or anything like that? No,
0: No? no, the wackiest (laughs) stuff was probably from me. Um, And I'm not into killing anything, really, maybe other than insects. Big fan of killing insects. Um, I've had to kill chickens We're in the past. We're not into it,
1: though. I mean, it's just something you have to do. Yeah. Killing insects isn't, like, a joy for for you. No, and
0: or... that's what I was going to say. I've had to kill <laughs> chickens in the past for, like, school projects Eww. and stuff because
1: we grew chickens to, to make money out of them and sell them. Um, for, for, for school projects? Yeah. You had, to, you had to slaughter a chicken for school?
0: Yes. Yep. So we we grew – we we got these chickens as eggs, which we then hatched under – Heat lamps. This was a senior project mm-hmm. that we did um, as a as a group, um, and then we we raised them from chicks all the way up to slaughtering age. We went to the processing plant. Mm-hmm. We slaughtered the chickens. We plucked the chickens. Wow. We packaged the chickens.
1: How how old are you at this point? Uh, 16,
0: sixteen,
1: seventeen. Okay.
0: All right, this, that's yeah as i said it was I
1: don't know why for some reason i just i got the vision of like a bart simpson aged kid maybe it's cuz there is a simpsons where a bart simpson aged kid gets led through a slaughterhouse but yeah. um you you were just you were a uh, you were nearing adulthood
0: yeah. at this point. okay and and you don't tend to enjoy it but it does you do appreciate where your food comes from and you tend to what it gave me and you probably have this same respect, valuable you you, you um you go to a lot of great places for food, but those chefs that can use all of the products, you understand
1: how valuable oh, yeah. it That's is. the best stuff, yeah.
0: um, And not just from a monetary point of view, but also from a slaughtering point of view. And so that really does give you a healthy respect for it, at least it did for me.
1: All right. Well, that was an interesting story that we got right there. Look at that. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing slaughterhouse Training
0: Coming in Australian
1: schools, but I think it's I think that's Good. awesome. Uh, all right, Tony, we have one little more uh, one more little sports segment. I think we got to do, and then we'll get into some. We have some beer talk for the first part of the show today. But we got to get out of the way or get out of the way here early. It's Griff's XFL update. Recently promoted on the This Ain't Iowa podcast. Yep. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome for for the for the advertising. Uh, it made our show sound like maybe the dullest shit. On planet Earth uh, Which (laughs) Who knows uh, Very well could be true But uh, we will give the XFL update of the week First on the update of the week Of course is Can I find the scores of the game By going to XFL.com And Tony uh, Here on week 8 Of XFL season 2023 There remains uh, Yet to be a scores um, tab
0: on the page. Oh,
1: so it's only a month till Championship Sunday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at do you they play on Sunday? <laughs> Championship Saturday, in fact, actually, uh, and yet we do not. We cannot figure out the scores of the game. Don't worry, I can always go to my my trusty friends over at ESPN.com and potentially find the scores of the game. Where I do see that the Pelicans are leading the Thunder 42-40. With eight minutes um, some 31 seconds to go in the second quarter. And that's, that's great. And if I check the scores here on XFL, or sorry, ESPN.com, in week eight we had the Battlehawks beating the Vipers. Vegas again goes down for 2-6. Uh, the the Battlehawks 21-17 over the Vipers. The Renegades of DC—I uh, never remember. Uh, no, not DC. Arlington, Arlington, yep. Texas. That's right. Uh, they beat the Orlando Guardians eighteen to sixteen. Guardians are one in seven. Orlando, quite bad. Your Roughnecks from Houston beat the San Antonio Brahmas seventeen to fifteen in a battle of Texas, and then the DC Defenders over the Seattle Sea Dragons in a thriller thirty four to thirty three in Seattle. That's a good one. Hey, that's a yeah. good one. I was going to point out, Tony, you had mentioned that uh, the uh, the recap of the week uh, was not written with only individual independent words. You didn't have to use a different unique word all 4,000 or so words that they have. Yep. Um, and I was going to, the joke that I, I think you missed there was that, well, there's one word that they aren't using a lot in it, and it's the word touchdown, because <laughs> uh, not a lot of touchdowns appear to be getting scored in the XFL. But this week, Tony, uh, the word count on the famously uh, unsightly long uh, XFL recap, it's gone up again a little bit. We are up to 4,300 in sixty-two words, Ooh. in this week's recap, uh, this did not lead with a Col- uh, Colton Cotton McKnight. Cotton McKnight um, uh, quote. It did lead with a succession. Uh, Logan Roy uh, quote. Actually, so <laughs> do I you have know, to timely. inject
0: pop 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 culture into everything?
1: Like seriously, I like- don't. End- let me, let me just read in. Uh, let me just read a couple moments of this. Tight end Cam Sutton barely gets across the goal line on a slant. Uh, Dean Blandino, who I believe is a former NFL referee, in the command center looked at it and said, no, Jeremy Piven from old school style. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Now, I don't believe that was from old school. I thought that was from uh, Jeremy Piven from old school
0: Was style. Jeremy
1: P- Old school style. Is, is, he doing a, is he doing a bit here? Jer- now, that quote is from Billy Madison, I think. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. I do not know if Jeremy Piven was an old school. Maybe this guy's having a, having a joke on my behalf here. But I do not know what he's getting at. Jeremy Piven from old school style. I but is he talking no about old school, York, uh, or
0: is there a movie called Old School Style? That's what I'm thinking.
1: No, the, no, the, he was talking about the movie Old School, the Will Ferrell... Um, okay. Uh, ...Luke Wilson, the Luke Wilson f- film, I believe. Uh, You're My Boy Blue, that, that movie. Yep. Now, So there you go. Do not know what he's talking about there. <laughs> like, so, who
0: knows? What's the deal with these team names? They're pretty terrible. We've just had an expansion club in the rugby league. And they're just simply called the Dolphins. Not like the Miami Dolphins, where they're from a place, but they're just called the Dolphins. They're from the mm-hmm. Redcliffe um, part of um, Queensland. And they're just called okay. Dolphins. It's not even the Dolphins. Sure. It's just, excuse me, Dolphins. Dolphins. Sure. Which is pretty terrible. But these XFL um, teams tend to have. At least to me, maybe it's just because of the competition. Such generic names like the Roughnecks and the um, Insurrectionists, or
1: whatever the fuck they're called, they just.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they should have had the Insurrectionists. Um, yeah, these are teams. All their logos do have a clip art um, vibe about them. The, the names have a. Maybe this is just. Maybe this is just an outcome of having been around. I mean, we have so many leagues here. I know you have lots of different professional leagues of stuff there too, but we have so many, you know, there are so many team names. There's 30 baseball teams. There's 30 hockey teams. There's 30 basketball teams. There's 30 MLS teams. There's 30 um, at at football teams, all that stuff. Right. And they're all, you know, the difference being between a lot of, and, and I know you have more of this, but in a lot of the rest of the world, the teams don't get nicknames, really. They sort of develop nicknames uh, from something inherent about the team, Everton being the Toffees or whatever, because they made Toffee in the town or whatever it was, and stuff like that, right? These teams are, are like, blessed with a name. They come out of the womb with these names, yep. and you get so used to the good ones that you look at eight shitty ones, or eight new ones, even, and you're just like, God, that looks corny. That looks like it's from, like a video game from 1996 that didn't get the licensing.
0: Ball, Right. 2006,
1: It looks like, it looks like, um, you know, uh, 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 Bill Walsh's football yes. 2007. And they, they did not get NFL licensing. So they had to mm-hmm. invent a bunch of fake teams to play in the cities. That's what these look like. And they do. I mean, the sea dragons logo looks like a clip art of like a monster. Um, it's, it's so stupid. The only ones that I think are any good Vegas being the snakes coming into the V is fine. I mean, it's corny, but it's fine. The battle Hawks, I mean, kind of just look like a sword on a Hawk, you know, Hawk wings. I don't really get that. Yep. The rest of them are, are ass. I mean, the Brahma's is just like a cow head. I don't know. Whatever. No, you're right. Tony, this is all like clip art. It's all, it's all from, um, Claris works, or some shit. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, yes. I, I got words. That's an 10 old reference. That, Knowing what knowing what Clare, Claris works is. Print Shop Deluxe.
0: Print Shop you know, Deluxe. Whatever. There you go. Now you're talking my <laughs> 1996 language. Yeah.
1: Printing a printing a banner on Print Shop Deluxe <laughs> with a couple of pieces of clip art, having to tape the eight pieces of paper together.
0: Well, no, using um, the dot really, the, really the dot one. metrics printer, you know, with no, the sure, yeah, roller paper and, and thing, yeah. yeah with the holes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we have the same thing in Australia. The last two AFL expansion teams have been rather generic, probably even before that, but I've, I've grown to like the others. But the last two teams we've had have been the Gold Coast Suns, which is just so generic, mm-hmm. Gold Coast and Suns, and the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Um, And how many Giants teams are there throughout the world of sport? No, now Because we take yeah. the same um, – Root as you as far as our teams have have always come out with a nickname. It it doesn't sort of develop over time. Not to say that one can't because the Sydney Swans are also known as the Bloods, which um, the has Bloods. developed through their through their culture. Um, the North Melbourne Kangaroos are known as the um, Shinboners mm. and stuff like that. So there are a couple of <laughs> teams like the English soccer that that get these names because of their their sort of history or mythos or whatever you want to call it. But um, any expansion team comes with its logo, comes with its mascot, yep. comes with its theme song. But as much as I don't like the theme name for song. the uh, Greater Western Sydney Giants, one day you'll have to check out their, their theme song. It is the greatest. It's like um, – Coach, cultural appropriation of the um, Cossacks. It is oh, really no. great. It's oh my god! <laughs> got, got this real Russian vibe, and the players sing it after every win that they have. They they get round in a huddle and and sing it at the top of their voice. It's the best. Oh my god!
1: Yes, it's so. so corny for a deep professional team to do. I love it. That's
0: well, good. every AFL team does their song yeah. at the end of the game. They all get round. Ours is. I, when the Saints go marching in, slightly modified to suit our team.
1: Easy one. yeah.
0: Yeah, but ours isn't even close to the best in the league. I like Greater Western Sydney Giants. It's not for everybody, but the most popular one is Richmond, which is a pretty basic song, but there is a verse and the whole crowd, no matter who you barrack for, when that comes on, there's a certain part and you just get to it and you just scream yellow and black and it's just the best when a big crowd gets up and yells yellow and black but it's it's something that we do in Aussie rules that's kind of unique to us after a win the that win team unique. do it in their dressing room and it gets broadcast on TV
1: so and you get the Gatorade shower Excellent. and everything and yeah, that's pretty good i'm into that all right tony you actually got a beer question yeah. this week I, I know that you've been working a little bit in the brewery you're you're getting involved in in some brewing on uh, a larger scale, which is exciting, but yeah, 10 hectolitres like scale. You got posed 10 hectolitres,
0: yeah, which is a thousand litres, about nine big. barrels, I think.
1: That's pretty good. That's a good size, like that's bigger than a psycho brew system or anything,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a two vessels, well, three vessels if you include the HLT, but uh, it's a mash, mash lauder ton and whirlpool kettle. It's the dual vessels.
1: All right, that's cool. All right. Yeah. Well, let's hear this. Let's hear what this guy was throwing out at you. Who, who are you talking to? This over at Mafco.
0: Yeah. So it, it's a one man band. So I was helping him out while he was on on holidays. Uh, Jimmy Sanderson, in his name, great bloke. Um, and he posed the question: What would if I was in control of the brewery? What would I be brewing next? And I'm going to present a few recipes for him. So I've got an idea of what I'm going to brew next. And I'll leave the interpretation up to you when I pose the question to you. But his question was, what would you be brewing next if you had control? Which to me didn't say, what would you be brewing on a homebrew scale just for yourself? What do you What do you really think is delicious? What is the hippest beer? But what is going to sell to people? What is going to sell to this market? What is achievable on our system with everything that we know in doing five to six batches so far so that's that's yep. how i took the question and that's sort of the recipe development that i've done for it so griff i'll i'll pose it to you and then I'll, I'll come back with the beers that i did what would be some of the beers that you would think about brewing um if that question was posed to you Ooh.
1: well i would i would probably start with i think the, the first thing that comes to mind is one of the more forgiving uh, styles of beer that people are in love with right now, which would be the American West Coast IPA. Um, Interesting. I think that's a beer you can make uh, to a relatively high success rate as long as you can get your yeast active. Yep. And if you use some of, I mean, just you, you got to use them classic hops, and you guys have access to some of the fun hops probably. Yeah. So you can punch it up with some of that Australian cheetah hops goodness.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. And, and that's that's what I would start with. Um, and I think that would – I mean, I guess I don't know if that would sell by you. Yeah, It the, sells like hotcakes here, but see, I bet it would.
0: That's the thing that I was going to say to you. Um, this is a town that is not really known as a beer town. I'm a beer nerd. Jimmy's a beer nerd. There are a few us around Aaron in the bottle shop. Sells to a very select group of people that are into beers. And I don't know whether that West Coast style is enough of an introduction. I agree it's a forgiving style. It, you don't really need to worry about your your water outside yeah. of the normal para- parameters of brewing at, or sort of any of the, the external factors that you worry about with Pilsner's and, and even pales, So I, I think yep. the idea of forgiving, I think that that is a great forgiving beer, but I don't know whether it would sell to this particular clientele. I'm not uh, sure. But in Vegas, There's that's the- a legitimate point. If you're opening one. Well, there. I, I
1: don't think enough places even bother to make one here, yep. uh, which is crazy to think about. We are literally almost to the West coast, but um, well, tell me about this. So I don't, so oh, I know what extra pale ale means here, like an XPA.
0: What does it mean um, to you? And
1: I know you, uh, it's it's a pretty light bodied, um, pretty tropical tasting, light bodied, lowish alcohol pale ale. Yeah. would be my guess. Yep. So XPA is that might be a better seller for yep. for that, and I think it fills the same space. So you X... might have more luck positioning it as something Australian. Yep. versus positioning it as something from the American craft beer repertoire right and yep. in 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 essence you're delivering a lot of the same results
0: right. Yep. <laughs> You are, you, but you're doing it uh, at a lower alcohol point, which is a part right. of one of the things that we have to take into account over there. In right. Australia, everybody that is not in the craft beer world is attuned to 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%. Yep. That's where their ABV should be. That's what beer in memorial has always been is 5%. And
1: this will hit there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So XPA is, is – one of the first ones that I came up with, that is one that I wholeheartedly agree. And I think you're right. Mine comes in with a lighter body than a traditional um, North American classic pale. It's it's lighter in the malt bill using a combination of just Turo and Pilsner, um, getting rid of sure. all the, the caramel malts. I don't want huge dextrins in it. No. But... My version, because you're fairly open on the hops. You can you can go classic, but I always think sort of fruit-based fruit, fruit based hops rather than dank piney hops. I, I really gave it a good whack with the new Eclipse hop, which I don't know whether you've had much of Eclipse, but it's a really... It's,
1: it's like, up here.
0: It's, it's like c- Citra is citrus in a grapefruit kind of way. This is citrus in a mandarin... Kind of way, at least to my palate, with the beers that I've had. So I thought that'd really work because you don't want extreme dry hopping rates. You want a healthy whirlpool addition. You right. want a solid dry hop, but you're not you're not dry hopping over three grams a liter or anything crazy like that.
1: And then if I picked one, I'll do one other one that I think. Yep. And you can tell me what you actually did. Is Ooh, I don't know how else well this will go over, but if we're thinking like something light, people can drink it like outdoors, kind of refreshing, maybe easygoing alcohol. I would I would start thinking about bringing in some of that estery Belgian beer type scene, and yeah. maybe saison or Belgian blonde, even something like that. Yep. So saison. Well, you can even friend, you can even friendly it up a little bit with like some lemon peel, something like that. That might like. Make it a little more the only, uh, accessible, or you just or you just go right up four and a half percent saison, table beer, type beer, and knock, knock that thing down.
0: Well, the only reason I didn't come up with that is because there was a little bit of a misstep in the recipe, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I wasn't involved with the recipe in this one, but Jimmy has Brutus saison; it comes across great. Other than the fact that he stuck caramel malt in it, and to now, me. Don't stick caramel (laughs) mould in a saison. And that's That's a guy not coming from a a brewing background or knowing his styles. And I was just like, it's just not quite dry enough for me. But it is table beer and it gets that, like, bell yeast is great. It's a dry yeast. Um, It's uh, um, just an absolute killer yeast. It doesn't have any of the problems that the Y yeast DuPont strain has. Um, He's got a good whack of honey in it. So it does finish dry. It's not finishing like it. 10 14 or anything but it doesn't finish below zero um we just cold crashed it it's a really really solid beer um and i agree that that's a great choice the direction that i went in is i know he's got a stout on the board like a a milk stout which i think is a solid choice but i went i went uh the weaker side of that into an english mild i don't know whether you oh yeah have much love for that style but my thinking was two is old is a really popular beer here in australia which is a dark colored beer that tastes like a lager to me but i think yeah. the mild um, a proper mild has just enough sort of caramel notes but is dry enough it's low abv so it, it works as sort of like you can get somebody that's driving to have one or two with their meal you sell more i love it um yeah I think it's a really good choice, um, and I think any English style is forgiving because it's got a slight esteriness. It's not like mm-hmm. bone bone dry, and the uh, there's
1: gonna be a fruity component to yeah. that for sure.
0: So the other beer I um, looked at was an ESB. Like I'm a sucker for an ESB. Um, like just playing with English hops there, like not reinventing the wheel, not throwing Australian hops into it. Just everybody mm-hmm. understands what an ESB is, even if they don't know what an ESB is. Um, they're delicious, they're golden, yeah. they're not scary it, They're again under that 5% alcohol, that's why I chose that
1: Speaks to a lot of the differences between US and Australian beer culture though Because if if we were trying to brew accessible beers um, Here, ESB and English Mild would be way down the list Because those aren't really beers people think of That aren't necessarily people who are involved in the world of beer yep. I guess Uh, Here. Um, If you, I mean, you even sit, you even get your foot in the door and you'll find out about them because you'll be like, oh, what's these English beers? Oh, okay, that's a mildness. You know, but if you don't even do that, you're screwed because there's no no very popular beer here that fits those styles. Fuller's is the most popular one here and it's not popular. I mean,
0: well, but that's the uh, thing in um, turning over the first few beers, you're not really, well, at least I wouldn't be looking to like knock out our our most popular beer
1: in those first
0: few brews because um, that that doesn't really
1: I would try to dial in our system and, yeah. and see if I can ferment a beer down all the way to the level I want it. That's yep. the most important thing to me. And if you can get your beer like clean
0: and, and attenuated
1: you can keep that you can keep that tea that yeast fully active. Yep. You know, and get it down to the gravity you need, then you're in shape, right? that's the stuff you got to be worried about early on or else you get in a bad rut of continuing to make beer. That's too sweet. uh, Doesn't, doesn't communicate well uh, and ends awkwardly, you know, stuff like that. And you want to cut that out quick. So these are good choices for that because I think they'll tell you, they'll give you your answers. You know what I mean? You should, you got to get these beers. You got to finish a mile. Like that's got to get done and conditioned and stuff like that. You got to finish a, a, um, a saison or an xpa you know you got to get yep. those down down where you need them yeah
0: and i actually misspoke about the xpa the xpa isn't done with eclipse it's actually done but, with the, the the classic combo it's like don't try and reinvent the wheel did you want to take a guess at what i chose for the hop on the xpa now that i've I've.
1: it's like, got to be an australian being no. mosaic or
0: yeah oh mosaic no,
1: like citra mosaic and okay. citra
0: uh, yep classic yeah. just like cheetah hops it's like they just do the job so well. Everybody that's had a tiny bit of craft knows those flavours. Mm. So they were some of the beers that I was looking at. There are there are two others. One I think once you're starting to get that beer fully attenuated, I think you then go back light. Um, and again, suiting the Australian market, I think a blonde works really well for a, for a new developing market, and that's where the Eclipse actually comes in. Just sort of almost a smash beer just with a little bit of caramel just to round out the body. And the last one, I I just basically stole the idea from the Bissell brothers, but they had an all Australian hazy, I thought. By by the time you're starting to get your system down eight to ten brews in, that's when you're really looking to do a hazy. Um, So rather than go – oh, no, I did go Galaxy. I got rid of the Ella. So the three hops I chose, Eclipse again, um, Vic Secret, because I like Vic Secret with its big pineapple in the notes and Galaxy Easy. with the Verdant yeast strain, okay. um, about 6.8%. Fascinating to see
1: where that, where that rolls in at because uh, making hazy is not for the faint of heart, I think, on a production See, I, I tend
0: to disagree. I think, I think it's fine as long as you're in a tap room and you're not packaging your beer because... The area you run into trouble with the big hazies is oxidisation and we're running a sealed system, so we're fermenting under pressure. All the beers from the time that they go in the fermenter, they start to um, ferment, they go under pressure, they're under 12 PSI pressure the entire time that they're fermenting so they're really clean they don't get the oxygen issues um the hops can be injected into the fermenters so we're not like opening the fermenter and just dumping it in it's a modern system designed uh, for modern beers so i i don't think you actually have an issue with that and i think it it hides some of the flaws i think you have to worry about hop creep and you have to think about your hopping regime and it's something that jimmy and i are in agreement with it which is short contact times talking 24-hour contact times um the research says that that's all you need and it sort of eliminates that hot burn and i think after this one this one's all t90 pallets um after this one we'll look into cryo there's some really exciting products um coming out um of the laboratories in the U S there's one called incognito, which actually they're doing it too. Oh, yeah, I've
1: had citra, 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 incognito, which is, what
0: did you think of those a, beers?
1: I mean, you know, they, they're so like ended up, you know, but they punch. I mean, they, 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 they're, they are full of hop flavor, like yep. distilled essentially. I mean, it's, it's very, very strong stuff. What does this have in it? This beer I just opened uh, does not have any incognito. It has Citra, Rewaka, New Zealand Cascade, and Motuika Sub Zero Hop Keef, um, which sounds like something experimental, and I have no idea what that is.
0: But... No, and that, that's something um,
1: that I haven't formulated a recipe for. Oh, it's Could concentrated it... lup- lupulin for cold side use.
0: So that is like an incognito. It,
1: it just might yeah, be done a by a different idea. company. Yeah. It might not be. Might just be a totally different thing. So it's right here. Yeah, there you go.
0: Um, And and those products are exciting. They keep the vegetable matter down, and I mean exciting for us as consumers as well. Because, like you know how vegetable some of those package. I think it's more a package issue when things go into cans and they hang around for a while. Yep.
1: Good stuff. I'm drinking some. I'm drinking this this stuff with the Sub Zero is really good. This is the, I think I talked about last week, Virgin Tight Focus New Zealand IPA very in, insanely, stupidly yummy, and it's, like, lightly hazy, I would say. Pretty hazy, yep. actually. Really good shit. Well, Tony, it sounds like you're going to be running that shit in about a year or so. <laughs> no. Nah, put it together. But honestly, it's, like,
0: I, I don't know how much involvement I'll have going forward. He asked me about these things, whether he takes me up on these ideas as a whole different thing, uh, but it's just exciting to have... And in in the industry that you sort of live and breathe um yeah it's yeah it's it's fun so
1: yeah we finally have a brewer on our show it took us 150 episodes (laughs) but we finally got one on the show It just had to become one solve the problem all right tony why don't we do a quick run through of the stuff that people were posting on our Discord? discord All right, Tony. Good, good, good couple of funny things here on the Discord this week. Um, we did have, uh, some unfortunate news from Nick Torque. He's not going through Copenhagen anymore Bummer. on his way to Munich, but that is cool. He's going to Munich. He's got a fancy throne suite on Malaysian Airlines. We're going to look up what this looks like because I'm, I'm trying to fly first class to, um, London, okay. oh, on, to on, London. Oh, London. Just through like upgrades and stuff. Yep. It isn't that long of a flight, but we're just going to get a look at the business class thrones on Malaysia airlines here, Tony. I can. Um, okay. So these are pretty nice. These are uh, sort of like, um, I don't I don't know if these these don't look like they would lay flat. They look pretty nice. You have like a nice, like little, kind of set up here you can just type in malaysia airline throne whatever yep. they're they're like a big single seat i mean it looks pretty good so yeah. it'll be pretty nice for you nick torque uh, maybe it does lay flat tell me if it lays flat that's that's my big out, 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 uh, thing i'm looking forward to if i can get the lay flats oh I'm yeah they're,
0: they're definitely a lay flat seat yeah that's pretty uh, standard okay. for an international business class lay flat seat yep
1: Oh, it looks pretty good. It's just not the okay. So this is more like what the ones would be on American Airlines. It's not like oh yeah, I see now. It sticks your feet through this little hole. Yeah, like a foot glory hole. A yeah. Bit. Yep. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, they're pretty sweet. These um, because they're all. I guess it just means it's it's not like those fucking Emirates. Like you get a hotel room.
0: No. Or whatever,
1: <laughs> uh, which is dope as hell. But I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know how you get there, but. Uh, He does mention they'll be visiting some of the Kloster Breweries in South Bavaria. That sounds amazing. And he has a free weekend after the meeting, so going down to Pilsen for some OG pills. I recommend it. That is very cool. So looks like he's planning on his next trip, too. I wanted to point out this BrewDog ad, Tony, that is very badly written uh, or designed anyways. I hate shit like this. Uh, It says... They got, I mean, this is probably for the upcoming coronation of King Charles, I would guess. But it does say, um, I think it is intended to say, Dog Save the King. But it is laid out in that way that it looks like Dog the Save King, yep. which I don't know why anyone does anything like that. So, very, very stupid. Um, in other news, uh, we did have Nick Torque out there doing some more brewery visits. Uh, it's some dark mild hey there you go tony drinking dark mild at nice guys brewery in richmond we were just talking about richmond too this is perfect yep. uh trendy inner city vibe but surprisingly low hipster count today this place looks pretty pretty cool they use like clipboards to say what beers it is that like, are on each tap tap here that's kind of fun yep um you got some you got Gales Brewery in Backstreet Brunswick. That's 134. And four pines in uh, Brunswick Which is, uh, is one thirty-five. Some blueberry haze and Japanese lager. So he's at 135 and 145. He's he's getting there. Yep. And then Max drinking some carton here. You know, I love some carton. Uh, you do. this is an Uber simple wit beer, uh finish of coriander and saws. Fantastic. What can you say about a nice Whip beer? It's, it's wonderful. I love them.
0: Getting back to sort of the um, idea of um, what would I like to brew, I would like to do a Whip beer, but not sort of reinvent the wheel, but just sort of tweak it. Rather than go like classic Sars, it'd be fun to use like a New Zealand variant, like a Motowika or a Wh- Whacker or Never can pronounce the New Zealand hops being a a rhotic speaker. There's too many fucking R's in in those words, and it uh-huh. gets confusing for my tongue. Uh, but um, I love the New Zealand sort of noble derivatives. They're they're very different to the Australian versions of of the American juice bomb hops, and it's it's nice to have um, that that. Character in beer, and I know you love the New Zealand um, lagers and stuff. It'd be fun to play around with know. those a, against that wit wit beer backbone, and whether you can use small <laughs> enough amounts to still let everything else shine through is really the issue there.
1: I love it. All right, that sounds. That's hey, no, I'm into it. Um, remember white IPAs, Tony? That was a whole
0: yeah. The,
1: any that was a whole thing for a minute, huh?
0: There's only one good beer I've had with white in the name of it, and that was recently Flyover State from Deeds. Don't know whether I checked that one in. But that was just a white ale, really good beer. But white stouts and white OPAs, nonsense styles as far as I'm concerned.
1: So uh, we also had uh, Max, who has been on tilt about the entire – Anytime we have a contest, he goes. He goes on full tilt, and I love it. Uh, he was unhappy about Voodoo being in the uh, in the in the regional uh, setup. I think they were a 16 seed. Um, I was just saying they won. They must have won their conference tournament and the play-in. I mean, you, know, you give him credit for that. But um, I, uh, I, he was not happy about it. Uh, he thinks a li- we should get a listener. Select the top 16 breweries and then we can rake them before putting them in the bracket. Now, I think that's interesting. I think um, that would be fun. I think yeah. that's fun. So that that is something I will try to remember to do uh, oh. before we do this again next year.
0: Hey, we don't have to have it just – well, it doesn't have to be a bracket contest. Maybe, maybe we have to – our job is to rank them 1 through 12 or whatever horse racing style or handicap style.
1: Um, oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, we, we could Good really odds, play around yeah. with the format. It doesn't have to be a bracket contest every time. Um, yeah, so if fun. if somebody this wants to so come easy. up with something, I'm sure Griff would want to play along. So ju- just
1: I love thought. the idea that I should I should have put yards in there. That really would have gotten him <laughs> you <laughs> you fired to- him up. Yep. Uh, we did find out also from Max. Thank you, but telling us that the amazing Rando is a big fan of Dreamer Pills. Um. <laughs> The Trumer Pills is great. The American bottles are brewed in Berkeley, California, so you get it fresh all over the Bay Area. It's my go-to just-a-beer beer. beer. So thank you to the amazing Rando. You know what? He and I are probably more alike than different. Just our differences are are very important.
0: Yes, it's the same as that we're only one chromosome away from a frog. Same with you and Rando. That's
1: right. Yeah, that's right. We're only one chromosome away. Um. Oh yeah, and this was interesting from Nick. Uh, Brewdog to launch UK drive-throughs, a drive thru pub that looks like a petrol station. Petrol so for station the, for my American, my American friends. That does mean a gas station. Um, and I do actually kind of like the look of this. Tony, and be honest with you, I like the Brewdog, like the the gas prices sign with like the price of the core beers. I like that you can get into the fridge here and you take your beer to go. And I like the sustainability element that has the, like, collection points, hubs for electric vehicles, hub for closed-loop zero-waste packaging, returnable bottles, all that stuff speaks to me, you know, as a as a dork. But I said this to I, – I mentioned this to Kelly as well. For every one good thing you hear about BrewDog doing – you will hear two bad things. So I think we all have to be on alert over the next couple of weeks for the two horrible things we'll find out <laughs> about BrewDog in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because this sounds interesting to me. They're going to open four of them. One's going to be in Australia, Tony. There's one in Brisbane, one in Berlin, one in Columbus, and an unspecified location in the UK. Well,
0: I don't know whether um, we've got any Banana Bender listeners, but uh, if we do, um, let us know what it's like. Um, but – I think you're right there, and that's the infuriating thing about um, Brewdog is the fact that there is so much stuff that they do that's right, but it's it's kind of like that person who you think you align with ninety five percent of the time, but that five percent of the time they have an opinion that is it's not like good. it is unsustainable to be friends with them still. That 5% is that 5% that's that's kind of out of bounds. That's what brew dog are to me. They're like, yeah, I stand with you on a lot of things. You do a lot of cool shit, not just politically, but I, I really enjoy your packaging. Some of your beers are interesting. Some of your corporate ideas are interesting. But then you do some abhorrent shit that I just can't <laughs> yeah, right.
1: stand behind. It's it's one of those things where I've, I've sort of uh, – I guess I haven't given up on the idea, but I I, I push the idea that um, being a big company is bad out of my brain a little bit. Listen, yep. being a big company is annoying. Big companies are annoying. We get it. Three Dog being a big beer company, uh, sure. You know, that's fine. They, You know, if if we allow Anheuser-Busch to be a beer company 500 times the size of them, then, you know, Three Dog having 40 pubs is really not that offensive of an idea independently of that, right? Whatever. Uh, Let's just ignore any of my thoughts about, we'll just drive right past capitalism. We're just skipping it today. Okay. But fine. BrewDog can be a big company that sells beer. That should be fine. So getting mad at them for that, which is stuff that people do, is stupid. Getting mad at BrewDog or Mickler for being like a company with a lot of locations and money, who cares? We have to skip that, you know? It's too late. (laughs) <laughs> we've 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 already passed that issue, um, but you can then make decisions to not just be total dickheads, right? Um, now so a lot of that has to do with managing your size to the point where you lo- you don't lose too much control and visibility, and you're at a size that you actually have the capability to manage it, um, which is something that I think we saw Mikel had to step away because he's not a good enough he's not someone who can be a CEO of a company this big, yep. you know, so you you become more of a figurehead, right? And maybe that's the point where someone like James Watt is at, and maybe he doesn't even need to be a figurehead because I don't know how often do people find him interesting anymore? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he's an idea guy. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know, but you're exactly right, right? This stuff is interesting to me. I think this idea is interesting. I think it's fine for them to do a new business venture, but I, what I don't want to hear about next is like, they are um, employing child labor to brew beer in in Bangladesh, or uh, you know, five uh, waitresses in Columbus are being sexually abused, or whatever. Yep. You know that I have no evidence any of that stuff's happening, but just the normal brew dog pace of news is that right? We yep. see this, you say that's cool, good for them, and then you say, well, now what the fuck are you guys doing? So you know, we get a brew dog news story every week. Let's see what we get next week. <laughs> And we can and then we can comment on it. But for this thing independently, I say that's cool. All right. That's that's cool. I I would be I would stop at the one in Columbus. All right. Yep. Lord help me if I ever have to go back to Columbus. So fuck
0: that. <laughs> not not your favorite um, place on earth outside a couple of breweries. Uh,
1: home of home of the Ohio State University, Tony. I do not know Ooh. of Ooh. um of much about the Columbus brewery scene. I'm okay. sure there's something good. Yeah, there's there.
0: got to
1: be sure. something. Um, otherwise, Tony, oh, yeah, we do have a mail keg question today. We could actually hit the mail keg.
0: Okay, we can, we can certainly do that.
1: And Corey asks, uh, this is in response to an article uh, from Reuters, uh, Australian mayor readies world's first defamation lawsuit over chat GPT content. So a regional Australian mayor said he may sue OpenAI if it does not correct chat GPT's false claims that he had served time in prison for bribery in what would be the first defamation lawsuit against the automated text service. <laughs> so uh, this fellow is going to, you know, whatever, there's the highlights. Uh, so Corey asks, what is Hepburn Shire? Is it named after Audrey or Catherine Hepburn? Are we sure this guy didn't go to jail? He is, after all, a politician. So Tony, are you have you been at all aware of this story?
0: Other than what I've been following in the chat, no. I haven't haven't I wasn't aware of this story before it broke um through um our Discord server. Um He's sort of in an interesting place within the political landscape. We're starting to mutate very much to the American model where people are using the local electorate and being elected as a mayor to springboard into either a state position or a federal position. I'm guessing that's what this guy is trying to do. It's also a... A tourist area in Victoria, so a part of it is a publicity stunt, no doubt. Uh, sure, it, I would it gets guess so, Hepburn yeah. Springs in, well, not springs because that's that's what they're famous for—is their spring water. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's got a whole bunch of people talking all around the world about them. Um, it's absolutely fucking nonsense. Australian laws are wacky, uh, especially when it comes to right. defamation. You much. Um, less likely to succeed in um, in defending a defamation charge. They're much easier to actually uh, make them stick over here um, with, with the laws. But even then, I think this is just a trumped up, like I'm going to get my name in the paper kind of story. Either it's to promote the Hepburn area or it's to make a springboard into... Um, a higher grade of political work. Now, don't get me wrong, a mayor in most places is it's decent political work, even in Australia. Most shires are seventy thousand plus people. Um but I'm I'm guessing this guy is trying to springboard his way up the political ladder.
1: Hep board springboard is his way. Yep, sorry. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> well there you I go. That's that the answer. So it doesn't appear to be Audrey or Catherine. No. No, fragment. Um, and not. uh apparently, according to Nick, it's a very uh uh LGBTQ friendly yes. area. Much uh something like that reminds me quite a bit of a of a place like Sedona. Um somewhere with a, maybe some natural beauty to it that also has sort of this um super na- I don't want to say supernatural, I don't have a better way to say it. Something like that, where people are doing crystals and stuff.
0: Yeah, because this is the Dalesford area, which is, like, this is, like, super, like, this is the, yeah, very, it's not quite to, um, there's a couple of places, Byron Bay in New South Wales and Nimbin, which are very, like, new agey kind of places. This is called more kind of, like, hipster meets gentrified meets LGP. <laughs> The gay community friendly spectrum. I'm really stumbling over my words. I am severely Still, over still in the Sedona
1: range. You're yeah. Still, still a bit sedona yep. Yeah, Sedona maybe less hipster. Sedona's more of, um, I can't imagine he or she would listen to the show. Uh, maybe a bit more Brian's mom Yep, friendly would be mine. Like a old older um, uh, uh, A gay person with a big dog. I really like...
0: I was just looking up the um, the Wikipedia entry for Hepburn Springs and there's a photograph of a bicycle race and the caption underneath it is Pasta was made in Hepburn Springs from 1865. I don't Uh, know what the... Yeah, I don't know what
1: the photograph... The, and the caption the, have to like do these the flour other. and water and eggs noodles. Yes, like huh. if you jump, <laughs> that's <on>. awesome. Oh, <laughs> well, we all know you're Italian, Tony. So you, you should have a background <laughs> in it. <laughs> oh, I love my pasta. All right, Tony. Let's move on. Let's uh, why don't we do the logger of the week? Griffs logger of the week. Griffs logger of the week. Sorry, I read that I read that Nick Tork Nick said he's only in here for the beer talk, so I felt I felt inclined to get back to the beer talk. <laughs> uh, Tony, my logger of the week is a very classic lager. Uh, it is the Eyinger Bavarian Pills. Uh, I went to the Silver Stamp, of course, you know me. And their Pilsner of the uh, their Pilsner of the Week, their Lager of the Week was the Eyinger Bavarian Pills and Classic. Well, Nabit if I couldn't agree, shake hands with them and agree on something because uh, <laughs> it was absolutely lovely. They just got some new footed uh, Pilsner glasses, you know, like the oh, cool. ones with the footed. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. I love that. Um, actually, it's the one that is in the marketing picture for the Bayerish. Nick's gonna have my ass on a platter. Yeah, it is. uh, doesn't matter. It's the it's this pills, it's really nice. They pour it with a nice fluffy top, it's in the footed pilsner glass. I loved it. What a nice lager. Um, Tony, how about you? Any lager this week?
0: Yeah, um, it's not available to the public. That's the only issue. It's, um,
1: mm.
0: I was drinking it at 14 and a half percent, uh, 14 and a half degrees because
1: that's it's hell. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> that's where it's being. Fuck yeah, we're
1: going icebock
0: <laughs> no 14 and a half okay. degrees celsius for fuck's sake oh, okay, okay. Uh, that's
1: where sure. it's being fermented
0: not not an ice bock but it is a mateson um it's probably three weeks away from hitting the taps much quicker when you ferment under pressure but already getting those bready notes none of those um estuary ice. notes that and diacetyl fartiness that you get when you don't ferment mm. under pressure but it's actually, I think, MAFCO's best beer so far that um, mates it oh, and, yeah. and the fact that I was drinking it for free because I was just hanging out taking That's samples um, is is always great. Don't know if it's I going to like have a different to... name at the time of release or not.
1: I had a – I won't throw out the name. You guys know I'm nice to the breweries here in, in Nevada. But uh, I did drink a, a massively um, – uh, uh, buttery pilsner Ooh. On, on thursday at at cory's uh which was from a nevada brewery to be unnamed
0: why does that um, still happen like you should be running diacetyl tests yeah. like you don't need a diacetyl meter you can just use two um pet bottles and just have one in 50 degree water and shake the shit out of it for half an hour and then you get your sensory readings off that I I don't know, and And if you're fermenting under pressure, that should happen a lot less. That's one of the reasons why you ferment under. Maybe they're not fermenting under pressure. I shouldn't, I shouldn't um, make the assertion that every uh, brewery is now doing that, but just seems to be the more modern way of doing lagers, especially.
1: I wasn't even. I'm not even going to say what where it is, but I'll just, I'll, I'll hint, I'll hint to everyone that it was not. In the Las Vegas Valley, the brewery. The brewery is not in the Las Vegas Valley. But Nevada is local? In Nevada. Uh, So take from that what you will. But, um, yep, just didn't work out. This brewery does make some other pretty good beers, so I uh, will let them go. I just will, I have made the decision not to drink any more of that that Pilsner. Hey, maybe but that person will be
0: fine yeah. in another batch as well. That's the other thing that you... maybe
1: it was. Maybe the line was messed up. I doubt it. Corey's no. pretty good with her lines, but that uh, sounds I'm like gonna say basketball. it was just a just a messy batch. Yeah, that's what I think too. All right, beers of the week. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> so excited. <laughs> to go first. I don't think I did this one last week. If I did, please forgive me. It was the iJet um, by a ooh, excuse me a brewery that has a couple of barrels in their in their arsenal. Um, Boat Rocker. Um, mm. And I gave it a rating of 5. A friend of mine checked it in. He gave it a rating of 4.75. Nick and I, um, right. without speaking to each other, both had this beer um it's an imperial stout 11 percent um it's i think got a big whack of new zealand hops because i think it's a collab with eight wide and you know i love eight wide beers have mad respect for that um, brewmaster but um really a delicious beer the ijet from boat rocker if you can get your hands on it p mac or any other australian person do yourself a favor what about yourself griff what was your beer of the week
1: Ooh, got to say it was the side project uh, Marietta Avenue that Ooh. I opened up uh, this here. Uh, week Blend 3. Uh, I'm actually going to check it in now because I forgot. But it was the, uh, the farmhouse-inspired pale uh, with Simcoe and Amarillo hops aged in French oak puncheons for seven months. Uh, nice, lightly woody, very funky uh pretty uh you know just like dry pale ale um super delicious uh, what else can i you know that's just one of those easy drinking beers And it's interesting for a side project bomber usually i wouldn't say they're they drink well but they they usually drink very complex tart you know lots of stuff going on this one was all, like oddly poundable yeah uh, some it had of the like a white project. like drinking like drinking funky white wine or something you know yeah. what i mean like just Yep. How was that, bitch? It was good. It was it was lovely. Um, I'll, I'll throw a stout in, too, while we're at it. Okay, you do that. It was uh, a new half-acre stout that I got a weeks ago called Catch Hell. I can't remember if I even brought it up yet, but nope. it was excellent. Uh, Asian Buffalo Trace Bourbon Barrels with Madagascar Vanilla and Cinnamon, 14% from Half Acre. You know that's good. So You do. Uh, cinnamon-y, vanilla-y my two fa- two of my favorites. I actually don't love cinnamon, but it had so much vanilla and it evened it out nice. It wasn't that awkward like cinnamon challenge cinnamon taste. So, yep. I was very happy with that as well. There you go. How about you, uh No, you did yours Tony? We're good. <laughs> yes. We can move on.
0: We can. We, we can like do it.
1: more. We can do the next part of the show. Hyper and Dark Chant News. Hyper beer and Dark Chant News. Hyper and Dark Chant News. Hyper beer
0: <laughs> You never get Perfect. too much of that. Thank That's
1: you. The best. Good one. All right, Tony. You know, we got to keep talking about this. I'm sorry, Nick. It's not, I mean, this isn't politics. It's beer, right? It's yeah. Somewhere in there. Uh, more Bud Light Fallout. Uh, it just keeps going. So now the guys, we talked a little bit about the stock price thing last week. Now the guys are posting that we made them lose. $5 billion dollars in value, or whatever it is. Um, so they lost, whatever, two and a half percent or something of their stock price over the last week over there at Anheuser-Busch. We already talked about the story. They sent the beers to an influencer who is transgender. Yep. And then uh, Kid Rock shot the beer cans, and there's a lot of uh, posting going on now. They, for this article I, that I, I'm reading on Vox, uh, they did interview a, uh, a owner of a liquor store in Arkansas who essentially said, uh, yeah, people aren't drinking Bud Light right now. They're coming in to buy Miller & Coors, but I already know they're going to forget about this in a couple of weeks, and it won't matter. And I would say I pretty much think that is exactly true. Yep. Um, that is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I
0: I can tell you, um, thanks to the um, Chinese social networking site, um, TikTok, that I'm a big fan of, uh, Kid Rock is still serving Bud Light in his establishment and a lot of Bud products. So he hasn't actually done anything that would impact his financial bottom line with his bar and grill, which he does have a small ownership stake in or a big ownership stake. I know he has some ownership stake in, in that it's not just purely a named venture. So as much as he uh, makes a brouhaha on social media, it's almost like he doesn't want to walk the walk.
1: Well, that, and, you know, I just, I think the, this article made the point or, or, or maybe somebody they interviewed made the point that um, to actually, I mean, this is the case with, with, liberal people doing boycotts too, right? They, these demographics lack the collaboration or the capability in today's society to uh, coordinate a mass boycott of any thing, any brand that doesn't exist.
0: Has it ever been the case where it's able (laughs) to
1: All of the white liberal people are going to Chick-fil-A. It's still there. You fucking know, delicious. That didn't work. I, I actually do not give a shit about Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. I will eat Popeye's chicken well, sandwich all day.
0: That's true, but I was in America in a time before Popeye's yeah. had that chicken sandwich.
1: Yeah. the I mean, the the best thing there is those little chicken breakfast biscuits, if you're going to get those, but I haven't had them in years. Um, and it had, that has nothing to do with the boycott. I actually literally just would rather eat the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I am sure Popeye's Corporation has done something evil. I just guarantee it. Yep. All right, but any of these big companies are doing, listen, Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch are not exactly great. I mean, you're not standing up for anything there. Bud Light has made, or Anheuser-Busch has made a ton of donations, I'm sure. Anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans politicians, anti-abortion, all the rich people, guys, they have donated millions and millions of dollars to them. Uh, just the same as Target. You think, oh, I'm not going to Walmart anymore. They're bad. I'm going to Target. Well, guess what Target's doing? You know, they're all doing the same shit. Yep. So this this whole coordinated effort to, like, figure out a good and bad guy here. Well, sadly, they're all pretty much the bad guys. The, the person caught in the middle, this influencer, is, I mean, I don't know anything about, about her, but probably is just someone who got stuck in the middle of of all this, right? And it was probably like, hey, some free Bud Light. Fuck yeah. You know, whatever.
0: (laughs) I think that's that's what happened. Look, all I would say is I don't think um, coordinated bands have ever worked. All you can do is Mm -hmm. make personal choices. And in making those personal choices, realise you're a hypocrite and occasionally call yourself out when you are. like. We yep. we are conflicted with admit um It's like they're a company that we should automatically sever ties with, but then there's like cool stuff, and it's it's fucking hard. And, and as long as you're honest with yourself, that's all you can be, and um, that's the whole thing with a lot of these people that are. Like Banning Bud, it's very performative. Nothing about it is personal. There's no personal offence. Yep. Um, and I saw a guy, um, because apparently now Jack Daniels are in favour of being like a corporation that is seen to support a broad spectrum of people um, and support of the LGBTQ plus, plus community <laughs> in an initiative sure. that they were doing. And I saw a guy pour a $200 bottle of Jack Daniels onto a fire. And I'm thinking, well, hey, it's Jack Daniels' product. They sold it. Nobody knows.
1: Um, you're going to burn your eyebrows off. yeah.
0: But, yeah. like, you've already bought it, so why not drink it? And just, just next time it? don't reload really do do with Jack Daniels. If you're personally offended don't by don't
1: it. I understand. It would be like um,
0: the, um, tipping yeah. Russian standard vodka down the drain because Russia invaded Ukraine. That's not gonna help the war effort. Just drink the Russian. I remember standard that. And then People just buy, doing that. And then just buy Stolik Naya when you get a chance or Stoly or whatever they've recommended that thing to because Is that
1: the Ukrainian one or whatever or whatever.
0: Well it um, Russian is isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's it sort of had a Russian sounding name, but it was never a Russian vodka, so they've renamed
1: it to Stoly rather than Stolik
0: uh, which makes me... In Russian rough.
1: Standard Vodka is like a pretty good affordable vodka. I don't drink a lot of vodka. I know, but it's we can't tasty. get it now. It's banned in the West. Yeah, I don't think we can get it anymore either. Oh,
0: I love that stuff. That was,
1: that was my go-to. It was, made from the, it was made from the winter wheat. I learned that on a cruise ship oh, with my in-laws once.
0: Yeah. I always thought it was um, better than Grey Goose and even better than
1: Tito's, really. Yeah, it's cheaper too. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that was... Um, I mean, it's, it's the Mickler thing, right? I mean, I, I'll go to Mickler. We know that bad stuff happened with Mickler. We know they're trying to correct it also. But should, I mean, do I feel super comfortable all the time when I'm like, all right, I'm going to give these guys some money? I don't know. But do I want to go? Yeah. So I just <laughs> yeah. have to live with myself, you know, that I want to do something. And you're like, okay, you know what? There's an, There's an imperfect nature of this. But also, I am dealing with the imperfect nature of everything I do every single day, yep. uh, pretty much universally. So I guess I'll just have to fit this into my ethos somehow, you know. Or actually, I don't even have to do that. It doesn't have to be part of my identity. It's just a thing I do, you know. I don't know. Whatever. It sucks. It's fine. Um, let's uh, so let's just let's just bypass that one, uh, and we'll go to the this story, which we can cover for a second time. Uh, I loved this, and I guess we were wrong, Tony. Because it turns out that Major League Baseball teams are, were more scared about being able to sell less beer due to the pitch clock situation than I thought. And they are extending, uh, four teams have decided to extend alcohol sales <coughs> through the eighth inning now instead of just through the seventh. So those teams are Arizona, Texas, Minnesota, and Milwaukee. And yeah, you can go out and get. Uh, so you'll be able to get beer in the stands through the eighth inning. Uh, Miami and New York and many other teams have not uh, uh, have not changed yet, but aren't ruling it out. Uh, and they have some um, they have some fears here. So uh, one uh, so Baltimore was already selling alcohol through the eighth inning or until three and a half hours after first pitch, whichever came first. So there's a number of uh, situations here. So it sounds like we might have been wrong, Tony. It seems like the, the teams are a little more anxious that they're not going to be able to collect their, yeah. their money uh, than we thought.
0: It's almost like um, but baseball teams are, are big corporations and they're worried about their bottom line and are, are losing a little bit of beer sales. We didn't actually get the percentage that it was down, though, I don't think, in this story. And that would be the interesting point. And our, our thesis was that... It, it was going to be a couple of percent down. So do we still know if it's only a couple of percent and maybe by opening up those, um, eighth inning sales, um, you, you gain those couple of percent back. I don't think it's a huge, huge deal.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if that's going to make it up or not. Um, I would just start pounding the beers faster, baby. Let's go.
0: Yeah. And like, (laughs) How how heavy was this like seventh inning tradition? Was it something that everybody knew about? I'm not a baseball guy, so I can't sort of yeah. Comment. Everybody knew. Was, um, I mean, okay.
1: all all stadiums ended sales in the seventh inning, even the aviators and stuff like minor league teams. Okay, cut off beers in the seventh. Um, now, I do like this quote at the end. Um, they this was not not fair to ask this lady this question. But Erin uh, Payton from the regional executive director for Mothers Against Drunk Driving was asked what she thinks. She said, well, if they cut off sales in the 7th, 8th, or the ninth, I don't really care because regardless, we just don't want people to drink alcohol and then drive home from the game. And you got to I mean, I, I support yes, that. I, 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 I agree. <laughs> so just a weird, yeah, odd question. Uh, doesn't really, didn't really have a stance on it at all. It was just like, uh, please don't drive home drunk off your ass. Well, but, from the baseball yeah, they at all, and it, really.
0: They're not the rachabite society or whatever that's anti alcohol. This is somebody who just has a particular stance that's well reasoned about drinking and driving. Um but yeah, I think I it's absolutely it. reasonable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just it was I, I, I agree with her stance. I just uh I don't know why she got asked about this <laughs> particular Thing, but I mean, I know why she got asked, but, but
0: why did it make the article? Quote, is to the bigger question? You,
1: yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Um. All right. Last little story here, Tony. By Kate Bernot. This is Kate Bernot. We love her. She's she's the only contributor to Good Beer Hunting that I find interesting. Uh. Now I gotta argue a Good Beer Hunting thing they're doing this week. Oh, you gotta. You got there.
0: Sorry, I, I've got my snag. lunch. No, no, uh, it's a, uh, a grilled um, satay chicken. So. Oh, that sounds
1: good, Donny. I had Thai for for dinner too. So this is a, thai, like a larb, like a larb salad situation.
0: Yeah, should have actually put some salad on that. That would have been delicious. But uh, yeah, because of daylight savings right. changes. What, when I used to record at two o'clock, it was great, I could have a beer with you, but now I start at midday, this show runs for about three hours, need a snack in the middle.
1: Three hours. <laughs> um, Good Beer Hunting is doing an event this week, They're like, event, uh, whatever, they're calling it Gas Station Week, and I was like, alright, that feels like we're running out of content here, gang. But uh, at least this, at least Kate Bernat can put us, uh, give us the reasoning for why this might be interesting. So it turns out that beer sales have been increasing in uh, gas stations and convenience stores over the first three months here, where uh, most chain retail locations have been stuck in neutral or down. Uh, We're seeing growth in these convenience stores areas. So total beer volume was up 5% in gas stations uh, and then craft beer is up almost 9% in gas station stores, which is crazy. I would guess – I'm just going to throw something out here. Okay. I'm thinking there's a – this is a voodoo – the voodoo effect. I'm going yeah. with the voodoo ranger effect. Great right, right cool.
0: Great right cool. I
1: think there's a big-time big, big time voodoo rangers situation here. Um, and maybe, maybe like the – like a Firestone or Samat, you know, any of those types of yep. breweries that, that have some size to them. But, um, and it's great. So I, I mean, the only reason I find this gas station thing like half interesting is because we have a gas station chain here in Vegas that is well known for having a great beer selection called Speedy Mart. Um, and they carry all kinds of great beer and they have like 15 locations, but they have so there's like ten or fifteen locations that have good beer, and then there's like another eight locations that just suck ass oh. for everything. And I don't yeah. understand why that is. So there's like an account that called Speedy Mart Beer or whatever that just tells you where the good beers are. That's but cool. they get everything before they get everything before Corey's too. They get Pizza Port <laughs> before Corey's. They get everything before Corey's. So um, E Mart is awesome. So I kind of respect this. I've been to a few of these, like, good gas station tap rooms before. One was in um, coming home from Canada to Seattle, like, going across from Vancouver. Uh, walked into this divey-looking fucking gas station. They had 12 taps and a growler fill set up and tacos. I'm like, what awesome. the fuck did I just walk into? Yeah, so maybe there is something to this now that I think about it. Uh, maybe there is something to this idea. But anyways... Gas station sales are up. I think it's a voodoo voodoo ranger effect. Yep. Um, and there's probably some regional things too. Things like selling the twenty ounce cans of zombie dust into the Seven Elevens in uh, in Chicago. That could be that could be a boost. <laughs> you <know>. think? <laughs> I mean, to be a boost for me, if I was going into Seven Eleven, I would be buying the big can of zombie dust. So uh, it's it's probably got a lot to do with just better distribution, better placement more scale, stuff
0: like that. Well, when you don't, like, when you're beer shopping, it's great to go to a a Corey's or a, um, where did you go to in Chicago? Where was your local beer joint? Iron and Glass, was it? Iron and Glass, yep. That's great great when you're thinking about beer and you're in a beer mood, but if you just want to grab a six-pack, if you're going out for dinner, or you're just on a, on the way home from work and, and want something a bit more special than a Bud Light, of course, your gas station's your perfect choice. You're not having to go into a, a retail area, find a park, um, deal with yeah. office hours or whatever. It's just convenient.
1: It's there for you. And yep. hey, in Vegas, you can gamble too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You
1: got, you got that going for you. You can't open the beers though. You can't, you're not allowed to buy a six-pack crack one, and go sit in the uh, gaming parlor at the
0: So what have you got to do? Step outside the door, crack it, drink it, and then come back in and gamble? Is that the plan?
1: Well, I think you have to – I think typically you do have to get off of, like, their property. Um, I think there is sort of an issue with, like, being on a gas station property. I don't know. I could be wrong.
0: Because you've got an open container Uh, over there, don't you?
1: Yep. Okay. You can walk around with booze um, most places. Not all places, but most places. So there you go. Gas station sales are, are up. Uh, uh, sales to Travis Trip fans are down. How do those things line up? I don't know, but it's true. Uh, we're gonna. Why don't we jump into uh, Tony? It's a big week. It's it's the final four of our big bracket contest in Untrapped. So Tony, why don't we hit that Untrapped music and I will try to explain how I decided to do this. Yeah. We're sending our
0: love
1: down the well. All the way down. We're sending our love down the well. down that well. Great. All right, Tony. So we started with 64, um, to some people's disagreement, anyways. But we started with 64, and we have whittled it down to 4, Um, now we decided that we would not run our final four on a mere untapped rating and we gave away the untapped ratings for these four breweries the four breweries remaining are our east coast winner uh tree house our west coast winner russian river our southeast uh, southeast coast the southeast region winner was angry chair and the Midwest was toppling Goliath of Decorah, Iowa. So Tony, I ran through a number of scenarios in my head on how to do this, and I, uh, I cannot wait to hear how irritated people get about the <laughs> way I did, decided to do this. But um, I, uh, I was like, maybe I'll do the Beer Advocate overall brewery rating. Maybe yep. I'll do the Rate Beer overall brewery rating. Maybe I'll do their top-rated beer. Maybe I'll do their most popular beer. Um, Just could not get anything around that I liked um, after just, like, thinking through it because these all felt like quite – I mean, they're all going to be imperfect. They just felt like very imperfect measures of quality. Yep. And then I thought about the corniest way to think about a brewery's quality, and uh, it popped into my head – the the kind of stupid thing that the biggest moron on Facebook or Untapped would write. You know, when I walk into a brewery, I just ask for a lager, and then I decide if they're <laughs> any good a
0: brewery or not. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know Treehouse do good lagers, so, like, like, it's probably a good measure, clean fermentation and whatever else, but...
1: Okay. Tony, what I decided to do... Was I chose the most popular lager in the canon repertoire of these four breweries? With the mo- by most popular, I mean it has the most untapped check-ins. And then what I did, because I wanted to even out a, a little more, you're gonna th- you're gonna think I'm nuts about this. I did not take the untapped rating. Okay. Uh, the untapped rating for loggers is is even more volatile than it is for almost anything else. I would say, um, people will rate loggers from breweries that um, only make barley uh, 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 wine, <laughs> and they'll say, "Man, even this logger kicks ass!" Just because they're so happy to be in this place that yeah. they've always wanted to go, or just because they. I've always dreamed of drinking one of their beers. You know, I've always wanted to go to Treehouse and drink a beer. You know, and and I get this logger, and it's the best. You know, just not um, saying that's not true. I'm sure, Treehouse makes delicious lager, and I I, I, I clearly they do. But um, I decided to even it out. And Tony, what I went with was the rate beer rating <laughs> of these four loggers from these four breweries, renowned breweries. Yep.
0: Not renowned Lager Breweries, but uh, renowned Breweries for for a numerous amount of regions. By the way, if if beer nerds are looking for some YouTube content, Treehouse have a kick-ass YouTube channel where they just recently went on a trip to Australia and they take you through their brewing process. It's uh, really cool.
1: That's awesome. All right, Tony. Okay, so here we go.
0: I'm excited. I like now, this.
1: Now, we say these are f- four um, breweries not renowned for lagers, but all of these beers are, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, Copland Goliath. Uh, who I no, So, here's how I seeded these I seeded these the way I would have seeded them, anyways, based on their untapped overall rating, I believe. Um. You no, know, I don't know. I think I just would have. I, I seed it in the way I would have done it anyway. So I just sort of threw them out there. Um. So I do have Treehouse as the one. Uh, okay. And I have Treehouse as the one taking on. You're gonna have to do all three at once.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, we're gonna have
1: to do all three at once. I think that's
0: fair. But
1: Treehouse is the one seed, and Toppling Goliath is the four seed. The Treehouse, their beer, their most popular lager. Is called Trail. Okay. And it is a German Pilsner.
0: Classic style.
1: Yes, a classic style. I will read you the description. Uh, Let me pull it up. Okay, here you go. Trail is our German-style Pilsner featuring floor-malted barley and carefully selected European noble hops. Trail is lagered for an extended period of time. The resulting beer is crisp, snappy, and robustly flavored so that you can easily imagine it. And imagine enjoying it in the German countryside. So remember, you're doing the rate beer rating. Um, Can you just you don't have to me guess th- the rating? You just have to guess the winner. Okay.
0: Yep. But just for my uh, um, sanity, um, what is it, is that a rating out of a hundred still, or is that
1: sorry? It's a rating out of five still. Oh, so rating these out of are five. Still so. ratings out of five. A star rating out of five stars. On on um. On rate Beer, it, it does only have sixty-nine ratings, uh, so small th- that's going to throw some wrenches. wrenches They're all small sample sizes, and some of them are very small sample sizes. So, uh, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what you can get out of this. But um, so that that's Trail, and I have them against the four seed, which is uh, from Toppling Goliath, Dorothy's New World Lager. Northeastern New World Lager, one of their most popular beers. It has almost 60,000 check-ins on Untapped. Jesus. Uh, uh, irrelevant to this conversation, but... Um, where is my bracket? There it is. Fucking yeah, Josh so. Giddy
0: is going off, by the way.
1: Oh, nice. All right. So this is an unfiltered lager, mild in body, light in color, clean to taste, aimed for our founder's grandmother, Noble Hops. It's 5%. This is a sort of Hellas lager, I would call it
0: both um, different but uh, very um, they seem like <sighs> it's hard to say a lager would be anything but traditional but these seem like classic interpretations of classic styles I and this is only going to come down to which beer do I which... Which description has actually lit a fire underneath me? More than anything else. I'm you can't really take the amount of check ins into um into it. The audience using that site is kind of weird. So I'm going to go with one seat. That's the beer that I want to drink based yeah. off the description. You're so that's I'm going with Treehouse. I didn't think I would say that because uh, they're more known for their hazy. But I know they do have a love, an absolute love, kind of like Omni Puyo have a love for these the classic styles.
1: I, I think if I saw these two beers in front of me, I, I would agree. I would take – I would grab the treehouse instinctively. Now, part of that could just be because I'm from the Midwest. Yep. And I saw Dorothy's uh, a lot and drank it, and it was lovely, you know, but – it's, it's popular, you know. Okay, the 2 3. The second seed is Russian River. The third seed is Angry Chair. The second seed, Russian River, comes out with probably the best known lager of all of these. The Russian River is STS Pils. Uh, this beer I've had many times. Uh, STS Pils is a classic German style Pilsner with a Russian River twist. This is because we dry hop this beer with a small amount of European hops in color and will often have a slight haze due to the fact there is a small amount of yeast left in the beer. Top forward with a firm malt foundation, strong lager yeast characteristic, and a dry, bitter finish. Uh, it is often said that Pilsner is a study in purity, simplicity, and cleanliness of flavor. Uh, it should be noted that water can make the difference between a good beer and a great beer when adjusted po- properly. We use a distinct water profile for STS pills, which contributes to the crisp minerality in the finish. Uh, quite the description on that beer.
0: Now, you'll have to forgive the background noise. Of course, the lawnmower man has come today. But uh, fucking Vinny, he, he does some...
1: Vinny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that, like I know there are hotter breweries, but the guy has been at it for 30-odd years now, or close to it, and he has just always been quality all the way along in everything he does.
1: So, that leads us to the Angry Chair House Lager. Now, I have to admit, uh, now, Angry Chair makes some fine beer, but lager is not necessarily their, um, I to even say strong suit. It's just not something that people think of them brewing. They very well may, may make a fantastic lager, and this looks the part of a fantastic logger. This is an international style logger. They call it. So I would call that sort of a Dortmunder style. Okay. Logger would be what I would refer to that as Um, is 4.6%. I cannot find a description of it. (laughs) Let me see if maybe this, this has it. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, So there is no description on the untapped page. Or on the rate beer page. Uh, that is what Angry Chair comes out with. Um, now, we know Angry Chair is known for making what? Sweet Stout and IPA. But I will, I, I again will say this beer has nice color, nice can art. Seems like a fine lager. So. Yeah.
0: Now, the only thing that um, sort of worries me about. STS is, it was probably put out at a time where lagers weren't the hottest beers around, um, and that sometimes plays into a lower score, but I'm still going to give it to Vinny. Oh, STS for me, because Russian River's quality control is so fucking good, no matter what scale of beer they're doing, whether it be small batch stuff or their super large batches of stuff, well... Super large by Australian standards. Um, and they're just so consistent. So STS for me.
1: Hey, Tony, you went with STS? Yep. And Trail?
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: Let's hear who you got. It's STS. It's This is two, you know, massive breweries. It's, it's old versus... I don't want to say old versus new, but old versus newer.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go... With the Griff Seed, the number one seed, I'm sorry, Vinny, as much as I, I supported you, that uh, fact that that STS is a, um, probably been around the longest out of all these beers we're talking about um, and certainly would have the biggest early uptake on all the beers that we're talking about here. I have to um, discount that because I think there would have been some uneducated drinkers thinking that uh, pills... Don't cut it with American Pales or Pliny the Elder or Younger. So, um, Treehouse it is um, with their um, with their take on lager is who I'm going to go with.
1: All right, Tony. Let's see how you did. So, in the first matchup, you had you chose Treehouse Trail over Toppling Goliath Dorothy's. And you got that right. Treehouse goes through toppling that. So Dorothy's rating on Rate Beer. Uh, I should have had this up if I was going to say it, shouldn't I? That'd be interesting. On Rate Beer is a 3.28 with 413 ratings. Uh, that's an 87 style rating. And if you're curious, Tony, on Untapped, that would have given that gives it a a 3.58 on 42,133 ratings.
0: It's amazing the difference okay. in the amount of check-ins that you get and how how much uh, Beer Advocate and both Rape Beer have fallen over the years, really.
1: I was counting on the dorkiest nerds uh, picking out the goofiest flavours out of these beers, and I think I got exactly what I wanted. Um, so next up there... You had uh, you had STS beating out the Angry Chair House Logger, and you got that right, Tony. STS does beat out the Angry Chair House Logger, and this was sort of made interesting by Angry Chair. I got to admit, my idea they made it they made it interesting. Uh, so on uh, on on untapped, it only has seven hundred nine check ins. And on Rate Beer, it only has ooh uh, f- five ratings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only five ratings for it Bonkers. on 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 Rate Beer. Sadly, um, which gave it a three point three six on Rate Beer. It has a three point seven one on Untapped. A big a big deficit there. A big gap there. I thought. Um, for the house lager. Uh, it's it's much more um, it's more popular on untapped for sure than it is on on Rate Beer. But it seems like people like it fine. Oh Josh you know, Giddy, Giddy getting lager. fired
0: up for the first time in his life. Getting a bit of his, he sorry Hell yeah. We'll get back to the biz in a second. But Josh Giddy is getting fired up. His father Warwick was a he was known for his white line fever. He had so many technical fouls in the NBL, and uh, Josh is not happy with whatever happened off the ball. I think it was an off the ball screen that he's really oh, not wow. happy about. All right. Sorry.
1: All right. No, this is good news. Oh, it's a score.
0: Uh, I think there's a oh hit him in the nuts. I think I think New Orleans are down by a point. OKC okay, are so only up by a point at the moment. So 100 to oh no, New Orleans are up by a point. One hundred. <clears throat> okay.
1: Yep. All right. In the final, Tony, Didn't you had S- you had Treehouse. Oh, sorry. So STS does beat. Yes. Angry Chair. Last one. You got Treehouse and Russian River. And Tony, you picked Treehouse, and you got this one wrong. Oh. You got the winner wrong. Fucking STS is the winner, and this is gonna surprise you a little bit. Um, because Trail uh, from Treehouse does have a 96 style score, but a 3.46 rating on rate beers, so the highest we've heard so far. Yep. On Untapped, it has a 3.78, uh, which is quite good, on 18,861 check-ins. But sadly, STS comes through with a 3.64 on rate beer, a 100-style rating on 206 ratings, by far the most of any of the beers. You're right, Tony. It has been around a long time. Uh, but on Untapped, if only I had done Untapped scores, Tony, on Untapped, STS Pills only has a 3.65, a, a sickeningly disturbing rating. On untapped for STS pills, which is likely, or the only reason that you said, it's just been around too goddamn long.
0: Well, it just shows how much that complex rating system of, of rate beer and even um, beer advocate have that I never really understood their style. gotta yeah, read
1: all the fucking dog yeah. shit. Yeah, it is. Um,
0: and how much easier untapped has made it for everything that we sort of um, – <laughs> We, we have trepidations about the rating styles and the fact that some beers are not rated how we would see them. It's a lot easier to understand. It's easier to wait in your mind that every lager is going to be in, in the threes um, and every hazy is going to be four and above unless it sucks shit. Um, it's easier to understand than all the dog shit technical terms that you have to go through to understand those other sites.
1: I got to just uh, shout out Crossover's rating from Chicago, United States, here on Rate Beer. Crossover.
0: Okay. Crossover
1: Tea gives STS a 2.5. 500-mil bottle pours a mildly cloudy yellow. Aroma is toasty, grainy, and brew-pubby. Flavor is (laughs) brew-pubby plus spicy hops and minerals. High level of bitterness for a Pills, but not a decent Pills. Too (laughs) Americani.
0: What the there fuck? You
1: know. Thank you from crossover there. Um, all right. Well, Tony, I think we should wrap this up. What do you think?
0: I think we should. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing the show with you, Mr. Griff AD <coughs> on Untapped. That's
1: right. That's me.
0: I'm Mr. St. Moz on Untapped. I would just warn people, don't put the Mr. in front of both those monikers if you want to find us on Untapped um, because, mm. Yeah. That's not you where you find us.
1: are bad, but
0: you can find us on Instagram at BeerEnginePod. You can send us an email, BeerEngineShow at gmail or send us some fucking beer money because that's where the money goes. Ko ko dash fi forward slash engine Podcast. Griff, any final words, my friend?
1: Yeah, make sure you check us out on discord uh, send us a note on Instagram send us a uh, email or just go to our website beer engine, engine show at gmail at, at <laughs> beer engine show beer showcom
0: smooth and like
1: cl- uh, beer engine show dot com and you can click on the little gaming controller that's down there at the bottom of the screen and you will go directly to our discord lucky you or just donate a buck to us on on uh, our uh, uh, whatever that donation site is, and you'll get that link too. So get out there and, and come hang with us. That's all I got, Tony. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.